Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The people were gathered together. They came out to hear this preacher who was proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. They were, as Luke describes, gathered in a state of expectation. They were wondering if in John the Christ had come. They were wondering if this John was the one who would lead them to freedom and unity as a nation set apart for God. John, of course, let them know immediately before he was even asked that he was not the one. He was only pointing to the one who would gather the wheat into his barn. John's preaching and the baptism that followed are a beautiful sight to behold. Mark recorded that all the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. The people were gathered together, called together by the gospel, and they were united in their confession, each and every one, from the greatest to the least, that they were sinners who needed forgiveness. The truth was setting them free, and it was bringing them together. They were being called out of their lives of hidden sin, that the sin that isolated them from each other, and they were being united in their common confession and baptism for forgiveness. The forgiveness that they needed because their sin had previously kept them from God and each other. In our readings for today, we can see the gathered and united, and we can also see those who chose to remain in their sin that isolated them and ultimately destroyed them. To those who wished to, those who wished to hold on to their sin, they would ultimately see their end in isolation and tragedy. To those who God united to himself through the water, we see that even the most tragic situations were overcome by the resurrection and sonship that baptism gives. In our gospel, we see Herod the Tetrarch, who was confronted by John for taking his brother's wife, and for all of the other things that he had done. And we know that Herod actually liked John and that it pleased him to listen to John. But Herod loved his sin and his pride more. This caused him to ultimately use, lose unity and fellowship with others. Herod even lost fellowship with those in his own family most notably in this text, his brother. His desire led him to commit sins that actually isolated him. Now he could either confess those sins and be washed in the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of those sins, or he could double down and ultimately seek to silence the only voice that offered him forgiveness of those sins. 
that could offer him freedom and unity with God and others. In the end, we know that Herod beheaded the one who preached the good news to him, the one who spoke, who, the one who had spoke about being gathered into the, the one who spoke of the one who would gather the wheat into his barn. And unless, we don't know, but unless he repented in the end, we can assume that the sin that Herod clung to led him to be burned with the chaff and the, that, and the unquenchable fire. Now if we are honest with ourselves, we can understand why it was hard for Herod to confess his sin and admit that he was in need of a savior. For one thing, Sin, if we're honest, it brings pleasure and a sense of peace. Of course, this is fleeting, and it is replaced by even greater desire and discontentment as it leads its victims away from communion with God and others. And another reason it's hard to confess our sins is that it admit that we need God is because when we confess, we admit to God and others that we are weak, that we are in need, that we are dependent. And our pride, it makes us think that this admission would show a weakness. And in a fallen world where only the strong survive, we are afraid that our admission of weakness will lead to our demise. This is a lie. In our Old Testament lesson, we can see how the prideful nations of Egypt, Cush, and Seba were also brought low, and how God's redeemed and forgiven children were in contrast, united, and gathered to him and each other. Herod's refusal to admit his wrong would not fool God, and the same fate awaited him as does us all. He would die. But his death would not be a doorway to resurrection, but rather a doorway to eternal death. Baptism, however, in contrast, it offers forgiveness of sins, and God himself will make your baptism a doorway to resurrection and sweet communion with him and one another. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Jesus came to the waters of baptism. The waters of baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. With no sin in himself. He is the holy righteous son of the living God. He came to those waters along with the Holy Spirit and the Heavenly Father to take the sins of the world upon himself. 
He came to those waters to set right what we first lost in the fall. He came to those waters to meet you in your baptism and to unite you to himself unto God the Father and to make you a member of his body, the church, among with whom the Holy Spirit dwells. In those waters, Jesus took all of our sin that isolates us and leads us to eternal death. And in exchange, he gave us the honor of sonship and he made us children of God, the Heavenly Father. We were meant to live with God and others. That's why you were created. It is our sin that makes us see others as an obstacle to our happiness. And the spoiler alert is, there is no true peace in isolation. The peace comes when sin that separates us is destroyed. Now knowing what Jesus brings us in our baptism, St. Paul asks us, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in our sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. I love that word there, United. United. That's what we need. You see, our sin, it enslaves and it isolates. Where baptism brings union and new life with God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. But you may ask, what happens when I sin? Because you know as well as I do, we still fall into sin. Well, we consider what our baptism with water indicates. It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. When we sin, which you will, we remember our union with Christ and all the church that he called unto himself, and we confess our sin. We don't hold on to it. We don't protect it. We don't hide it. We don't, we don't follow it 
to eternal death. No, we confess it in expectation of the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting. And we pray that God would this day, each and every day, keep us from all sins and evil desires, and that we would walk in the new life that he gives us in our baptism. Sin, it's foreign to us. And we see, we see through it. We see that it does not satisfy and it does not give us the peace that it promises. We see that that peace is fleeting. It is elusive. And it can never be grasped. We see that in reality, our sin leads to the same place that Herod, Pharaoh, and other cautionary examples in the Bible give us. We would rather confess our sin and stay with our Lord and eat from his table where true peace that surpasses all understanding is found. At this table, those who were gathered first at the font eat and drink, eat and drink under the one family name by which we were called. So in our readings today, we see fellowship and union with God that is given in baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. We also see in our readings today sin and the isolation that it leads to. We need not fear sin. We need not fear its condemnation. For we have been buried with Christ. And more than that, we have been raised with him in our baptism. And may all the world, this is our prayer for everyone, may all the world heed to the call of the gospel that is given to us in the beautiful waters of baptism and thereby be united with Christ and all of us who bear his holy name. For the unity that baptism gives is the only place where true peace with God and others is found. And now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.